This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Anthony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, said on Sunday that the aborted Wagner uprising constituted a, quote, direct challenge to Vladimir Putin, Russia's president. On Saturday, troops belonging to Wagner, a mercenary group, advanced on Moscow before suddenly stopping. In exchange, the Kremlin said it would allow Yevgeny Prigozhin, Wagner's leader, to leave Russia for Belarus without facing criminal charges. Mr Blinken said that the threat to Mr Putin's authority, quote, shows real cracks in his regime and predicted that the turmoil could create an, quote, additional advantage for Ukraine during the country's counter-offensive against Russian forces. Kyriakos Mitsotakis, leader of Greece's conservative New Democracy Party, claimed victory in the country's general election on Sunday. With most of the votes counted, the party easily beat the nearest rival, the radical left-wing Syriza, by more than 20 points. It is the second time since May that Greeks have been called upon to vote. Meanwhile in Germany, the populist far-right AFD party won a district council election for the first time. Its candidate, Robert Sesselmann, was elected in a runoff vote in Sonnenberg, a small district in the eastern state of Thuringia. The seat carries little political weight, but it represents worrying support for an extremist outfit shunned by all other political parties. Israel's government put forward legislation to undo an important doctrine used by the country's courts. The bill seeks to remove judges' right to dismiss decisions for being, quote, unreasonable, which they have previously used to stop governments bringing in certain ministers and regulations. Attempts by Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's Prime Minister, to reduce judicial power have led to widespread unrest in recent months. Turkey's central bank will ease rules, forcing depositors to save in the country's currency. The announcement is the latest sign that Turkey is moving towards saner economic policies. Previously, Turkish banks had to hold 10% of their foreign currency deposits in lira. This week, Turkey increased its benchmark interest rate by 6.5 percentage points, its first rise in two years. There was fierce fighting on the streets of Khartoum, Sudan's capital, on Sunday. The conflict in the country, which broke out in April, shows little sign of abating. Airstrikes and artillery fire were reported around the city as government troops battled the Rapid Support Forces, a parliamentary group commanded by Mohamed Hamdan Daglo. An estimated 1.5 million people have now fled the war. The Indian government ordered the leader of Manipur, a northeastern state, to, quote, work harder to end violence between different ethnic groups. Since the start of May, around 80 people have died, with more than 40,000 forced from their homes, in clashes between hill tribes and the larger lowland community. Manipur is governed by the political party of Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister. And figure of the day, one-third, the share of American women of reproductive age that would have to drive more than an hour to get an abortion. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. India's largest drone maker goes public. 
India's foreign policy is underpinned by a deep post-colonial fear of being beholden to a richer power. That is why the country, which is the world's largest importer of weapons, is desperate to expand its own defense industry. A Make in India policy was launched eight years ago, followed in 2020 by another initiative called Atmanirbhar Bharat, Self-Reliant India. One beneficiary has been Idea Forge, a domestic drone maker. The firm now accounts for half of India's growing drones market. Much of that is down to orders for surveillance drones from the country's army, which account for 75% of revenues. On Monday, the company goes public, hoping to raise 2.4 billion rupees, 29 million dollars, to fuel more growth. But it will face fierce competition. More local startups are entering the fray. There are much larger challenges abroad. Last week, India announced that it will acquire 31 American MQ-9B drones, a far more sophisticated version of Idea Forge's product. The ECB ponders uncomfortable truths. What Jackson Hole is to America's Federal Reserve, Centra is to the European Central Bank. Each year, it gathers at the Hideout near Lisbon in Portugal to ponder the latest data, research, and policy. The IMF's deputy director, Gita Gopinath, is expected to present three uncomfortable truths for monetary policy at the ECB Forum's opening dinner on Monday. One can guess at what those three truths may be. First, supply shocks can take a long time to subside, during which they drive up inflation across many sectors. Core inflation in the eurozone remains stubborn at more than five percent. Second, the world is running out of workers. Which may keep inflation elevated, especially in aging Europe. Third, if fiscal policy is pushing the other way to stimulate demand and boost investment, monetary policy must do an awful lot of work. In the coming days in Centra, policymakers will discuss what they can do to bring down inflation, despite such harsh realities. DeSantis unveils his border agenda. Ferron DeSantis, a Republican candidate for the 2024 presidential election, immigration policy is campaign gold. It lets him brag about himself. As Florida's governor, he has flown migrants from Texas and New Mexico to Massachusetts and California, to the delight of many conservatives, while attacking his enemies. Mr. DeSantis is fond of slamming President Joe Biden's open border policies, such as ending Title 42, a measure that allowed migrants to be quickly repelled. And it also allows him to take digs at Donald Trump, his main Republican rival. On Monday, Mr. DeSantis will present his border enforcement policies in Eagle Pass, Texas, which has a large migrant processing center. He will promise, if elected, to declare a national emergency, reinstate a policy forcing people to sit out immigration proceedings from Mexico, and complete the border wall that Mr. Trump failed to finish. The former president recently vowed to overhaul America in his first six months, should he win again. Why didn't he do it in his first four years? Replied Mr. DeSantis. The UN's uncompromising stance on drugs. On Monday, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime launches its annual World Drug Report. It will once again complain about rising illegal drug supplies, trafficking, and use. The UNODC reckons that 13.2 million people around the world injected drugs in 2021. 18% higher than in 2020, and that over 296 million people used drugs in 2021, a 23% increase from the previous decade. The UNODC remains wedded to the idea that all illicit drug use should be criminalized. 
Last year, it noted that drug use for non-medical purposes is harmful. This year, it calls for better monitoring of the public health impacts of the global drugs trade and for more to be done to tackle trafficking rings, especially those supplying powerful synthetic highs. While rises in the supply of such substances are concerning, the UNODC's blanket attitude seems increasingly outdated. Many countries, including America and several in the EU, are liberalising their approach to soft drugs like cannabis. The first post-pandemic Hajj This week marks the start of the Hajj, the annual pilgrimage performed by Muslims to Mecca in Saudi Arabia. It is the first year since the pandemic began without any limit on who can make the journey. Some 2 million pilgrims are expected in 2023, which is not quite a return to the 2.5 million seen in 2019, the last restriction-free year. The Hajj is one of the five pillars of Islam, and all Muslims who are physically and financially able are expected to complete it once in their lifetime. It is also a huge boon for Saudi Arabia. Religious tourism, which includes Hajj and Umrah, a non-compulsory pilgrimage, currently generates about 7% of the country's GDP and the kingdom is determined to boost that as it diversifies its economy away from fossil fuels. The government says that it intends to host 6 million pilgrims per Hajj by 2030, 30 million religious tourists overall, despite the event becoming increasingly dangerous due to climate change. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day of the week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us their connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Monday, which 1951 Hitchcock film was based on a Patricia Highsmith novel? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Pearl S. Buck, who was born on this day in 1892. All things are possible until they are proved impossible, and even the impossible may only be so as of now. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. 